Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Special welcome to those who are joining us uh, online or by phone and to any friends or visitors we have with us. We're so glad that you are here. Please take some time to review the announcements printed in your bulletin. Um, Lots of things coming up. Uh, If you have not yet purchased a poinsettia plant uh, and you would like to do so, you can do that. Uh, There's a sign-up sheet in the back that you can find after church. On Tuesday of this week, for those who are willing to uh, brave the cold, uh, we're going to be having a campfire service out in the parking lot uh, for the longest night uh, slash blue Christmas liturgy. And that's an opportunity to uh, uh, create space for some harder feelings around the holidays. A lot of the holidays is focused on joy, and that is good, but that's not how we're all feeling all the time. And so if you have grief or um, other uh, difficult, uh, you know, sadness, um, uh, things that you would like to bring to that worship service, that's the, the purpose of that service. So that's Tuesday night at 7. I want to be sure that you know about the Christmas uh, schedule. Um, and it might be a good idea for you to take your bulletin with you today. It's the kind of thing that you can uh, maybe share with a friend who's looking for a place or a family member who's looking for a place to worship this Christmas. Uh, it's a good opportunity to make an invitation to those who uh, might be looking for a place to worship. And we're also looking uh, for some more volunteers for those services, and there are sign-up sheets uh, for that as well in the back. Are there any other announcements we should make today? What's that? Yeah. Great. So for the Tuesday night service, we're going to have some luminaries out. And if you would like to help make them, Jen has that set up in the... We're going to try and make them in the library after church. So find your way to the library after church to make some luminaries for the longest night service. We do have a few updates to our prayers. Um, uh, Donna Dochamp uh, requested prayers since she was uh, in and out of the hospital now in rehab uh, this week. So please pray for Donna. And then uh, please pray for the family of Sanford Cook. Uh, Sandy's funeral was yesterday, um, and so please pray for his family. It's always hard to lose someone around the holidays. And then lastly, we were very sad to hear that Larry Nelson passed away uh, this week. And so please be uh, praying for Larry's family as well. We don't know when his services might be uh, yet, but we'll be sharing that as we find out more. So please pray for Larry's family. And with that, we will begin our service with our prelude music.
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who alone does wonders, who lifts up the lowly, who fills the hungry with good things. Let us confess our sin, trusting in the tender mercy of our God. God, for whom we wait, in the presence of one another, we confess our sin before you. We fail in believing that your good news is for us. We falter in our call to tend your creation. We find our sense of self in you. We fear those different from ourselves. We forget that we are your children and turn away from your love. Forgive us, blessed one, and assure us again of your saving grace. Amen. God in Christ Jesus has looked with favor upon you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. You are children of the Most High, inheritors of the eternal promise and recipients of divine mercy. God strengthens you anew to follow the way of peace. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. With your abundant grace and might, free us from the sin that binds us, that we may receive you in joy and serve you always. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Today we light our fourth Advent wreath candle. Blessed are you, God of hosts, for you promised to send a son, Emmanuel, who brought your presence among us, and you promised for your son Jesus to save us from sin. As we light these four candles, turn again to us in mercy, strengthen our faith in the words spoken by your prophets, restore us and give us life that we may be saved. O house of David, come. Let us rejoice for the Son of God, Emmanuel, comes to be with us. Amen.
Our first reading comes from the book of Micah, chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading comes from the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, See, God, I have come to your will, O God. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. And when he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, see, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
please be seated. Grace and peace to you, friends, in the name of Jesus. Amen. My family has a family lullaby of sorts. Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. I sing it to our baby Miriam. My parents sang it to me. My dad's parents sang it to him. And it may go back further than that, but I'm not sure. It's also been a tradition to sing Jesus tender when a family member dies. I remember my grandma singing loud and strong as we processed with my grandpa's body out of a grace hospice. We joined the song as she sang confidently of Christ's love in that moment. In so many ways, we join the singing of the generations this morning. When we sing our hymn of the day in a moment, Savior of the Nations Come, if you look at the small print at the bottom, you'll notice that this song was passed down for 500 years or so from the time of Martin Luther. But if you look even closer, you'll notice that before Luther, there was a version of this song that was passed down from the early church father, St. Ambrose of Milan, who lived in the 4th century. In other words, as we sing today, uh, we are singing a song that has passed through a few versions, but that has been sung from generation to generation for more than 1,500 years. We have songs that are kind of like this at Trinity, too. I'm told that for some of you, when we sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, for some of you, that brings back visions of the choir processing Sunday after Sunday. And perhaps there are other songs in your family or here at Trinity that reverberate, that carry layers of memory like this. Because here's the thing. The songs we are taught the songs we sing over and over again, they shape us. They give us a means of expression when mere words won't cut it. They help orient us to reality. They help us to see in new ways. And sometimes the songs of our ancestors give us faith when we can't do it on our own. They buoy us when we feel like we're drowning. Our lectionary, our schedule of readings, gives us two remarkable, two remarkable songs in the season of Advent this year, two gospel canticles from the Gospel of Luke. A couple of weeks ago, you might remember that for our psalm, we sang the song of Zechariah, also known as the Benedictus, because that's the first word of the song in Latin. Blessed be the God of Israel who shepherds the people and sets them free, we sang. The Benedictus, the Song of Zechariah, has traditionally been sung during morning prayer. Generations of Christians have sung these words as the sun rose in the morning. Today, for our psalm, which we today, we sang the Song of Mary, also known as the Magnificat, because that's the first word in Latin. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. The Magnificat, the Song of Mary, has traditionally been sung in the evening during prayer. Generations have sang these words as the sun set at the end of the day. And so we get both the morning song and the evening song this Advent. I want to talk about Mary today. We need to talk about Mary this morning. But first, I want to talk about Miriam. 
And anyone who knows me knows that I love to talk about Miriam. <laughs> I love to talk about our one-year-old, whose name is Miriam, but I also love to talk about the Miriam of the Bible, the Miriam of the Exodus story. The Miriam of the Bible lived probably around the 13th century BC, although it's hard to know for sure. And as an aside, I have a tendency to bite off more than I can chew, so I, I had to laugh at myself a little bit this week when I thought about trying to tackle 3,300 years of history in one sermon. But please bear with me, this is going somewhere. So, 13th century BC. Anyway, Miriam lived well over 3,000 years ago. Miriam was the older sister of Moses and Aaron. Perhaps you'll remember the story of baby, Miz baby Moses being hidden among the reeds of the Nile River to escape the infanticide of Pharaoh. And it was Moses' big sister Miriam who watched over him from a distance until he was safely discovered in the river by an Egyptian princess. And it was Miriam who then inserted herself slyly to say, let's call a nurse, and the nurse she called happened to be Moses' own mother. Later on in the Exodus story, when the people had been freed from slavery after all the plagues, after the miracle at the Red Sea, Miriam sang a song of freedom. The text of Exodus says, Then the prophet Miriam took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. It is a song of liberation. It is a song of God raising up the lowly and bringing the powerful down from their thrones. The feminist biblical scholar, Phyllis Tribble, has argued that Miriam was, even more, was an even more significant leader among the people than we might realize. Tribble suggests that we always need to read texts about women in the Bible with a slightly different lens because we're trying to sort through the layers of patriarchal interpretation, translation, storytelling, and tradition. Her point being that later translators, editors, and interpreters may have fa favored male leadership over female leadership, over the leadership of a woman. And so they probably emphasized the leadership of Moses more than, and Aaron more than they would have Miriam. And if there was some kind of conflict between the two of them, they probably would have chosen Moses. And I don't want to mansplain uh, Phyllis Tribble's insight here, uh, but I do want to offer uh, my understanding of it because I think it is such a gift. Given the information we have, Phyllis Tribble, this biblical scholar, suggests that Miriam can be seen as a co-leader of the people. Miriam is one of only a few named individuals, which is noteworthy in itself. And she is explicitly called a prophet, one of only five women in the whole Old Testament who are given that designation. In the book of Numbers, it's even suggested that Miriam has followers, even this little group of disciples of her own. So simply given that little bit of information, it's clear that she was an important leader. But Tribble suggests that we should assume, adjust our lenses slightly, that her leadership was even greater than what we know, given the male writers and editors who likely downplayed her position. There's even some evidence 
that Miriam may have been the author of the song attributed to Moses, given her reputation for singing and song leadership. Then Tribble points to one particularly unfortunate instance in the scriptures. In Numbers chapter 12, we hear a story of conflict between Moses and Miriam. According to the story, Miriam and Aaron become jealous of Moses' position and they begin to criticize him, to speak against him. And so God calls the siblings before, uh, before God's self and then reprimands them for speaking against his servant Moses. Interestingly, even though both Aaron and Miriam speak against Moses, only Miriam is punished. She is stricken with leprosy and shut out of the camp for seven days. Eventually, she is welcomed back into the camp, but this episode denigrates her reputation. And Tribble wants us to ask, you know, so if there's this male author who wants, uh, author and editor who wants to lift up the leadership of Moses over Miriam, perhaps this story is one way to do it. She suggests that this story is a character assassination of sorts for the prophet Miriam. Later interpreters wanted Moses to be the sole leader of the tribes of Israel, and so Miriam's role as a woman was downplayed and called into question. Tribble even calls this story the crucifixion of Miriam. The prophetic tradition of Miriam doesn't go away completely, however. Prophets in her line appear throughout the ages. We hear echoes of her in prophets like Deborah and Huldah. I hear echoes of Miriam's song in the song of Hannah in 1 Samuel, where Hannah sings, God raises up the poor from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. Just as in Miriam's song, there is a great reversal. The lowly are exalted, and the rich and the powerful are brought low. So yes, Tribble calls Numbers 12 the crucifixion of the Miriam tradition. But she argues that Miriam is resurrected in the stories of the New Testament that bear her name. You see, and here's the connection, I am getting to Mary. You see, the name Mary is an anglicized version of the Greek name Miriam, which is a transliteration of the Hebrew name Miriam. Miriam and Mary are the same name. In other words, whenever you see the name Mary in the text, you could just as easily insert the name Miriam. It would be just as appropriate. And what's the name of the woman who will give birth to Jesus? Mary. What's the name of the woman who first preaches the resurrection? Mary. There's Mary Magdalene, Mary the sister of Martha, Mary of Bethany, Mary of Clopas, Mary the mother of James, Mary the mother of John Mark, Mary of Rome, and a disciple who is simply called the other Mary. Miriam appears all over the story. It was a popular name in the first century. Tribble is saying that the prophetic tradition of Miriam is given new life, is resurrected in the stories of these women. So we could call the mother of Jesus Miriam of Nazareth. And the song of Miriam of Nazareth repeats a refrain from the Exodus story. God is doing a new thing. God is turning the world upside down. God is going to set things right. When Mary came to visit Zechariah and Elizabeth in our text today, 
Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The child in your womb, in my womb, leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And it's here that Miriam of Nazareth begins her song, the one we sang today. It's a song that echoes Hannah singing in 1 Samuel. It's a song that echoes the fire of the prophet Deborah. It's a song that echoes a free woman playing her tambourine on the shores of the Red Sea. You see, the songs we sing shape us, my dear siblings. They give us life. They give us a new way of seeing reality. They give us hope when we need it. And they give us faith that God is still about the work of making all things new. Our choir will sing Mary's song again, a slightly different version. My heart shall sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. The world needs that song, friends. The song of Miriam, the song of Mary. And so we sing it loud. We let it echo and reverberate again so that it might be heard again in this generation. Amen.
this season of watching and waiting, let us pray for all people and places that yearn for God's presence. Nurturing God, you give us life and care for our every need. Use the church's gifts and ministries for your service, bringing your word to all who seek your transforming grace. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Creator God, you proclaimed your boundless love for all that you have made. Renew barren lands, polluted waters, and melting ice caps. Make us servants of your creation that brings forth abundant life. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Righteous God, you bring down the mighty and lift up the lowly. Strengthen those who seek justice. Bless the work of community organizers, activists, journalists, and all who call our attention to the imbalances of power. Hear us, O God. Your, Your mercy is great. Compassionate God, you proclaim your love and mercy. Show your loving kindness to teen parents and those who are pregnant. Comfort any struggling with infertility and those who await test results are in treatment and hospice care, and others in need, especially Denia, Lynn, Kristen, Bob, Mark, Larry, Donna, Sabrina, and Graham, and all those we name now, aloud or in our hearts. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Gracious God, you fill the hungry with good things. Bless the feeding ministries of this congregation and community. Guide us to share your bounty with those who hunger or live in poverty. Your mercy is great. Faithful God, you stir up the hearts of those who love you. We give you thanks for those who, like Mary, were courageous in their witness. Give us such courage until that day when you fulfill all things. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Loving God, we hold in our hearts this morning the families of Sandy Cook and Larry Nelson. Surround them with your care and comfort. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. God of new life, you come among us in the places we least expect. Receive these prayers and those of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to share a peace, a sign of peace with those around you. That peace be with you.
Please rise as you are able. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Almighty Creator, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Holy One, the beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your son Jesus, the Word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, it's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper he took the cup, gave thanks and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth in his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us, bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. Come, Holy Spirit, all praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen.
gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. For communion today, you will exit out the side aisles and come forward where there are these two side tables up up by the front where you will pick up an empty cup. You'll bring the empty cup to the railing where it will be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you desire or need grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just pick them up and bring them to the railing. After you've communed, uh, please return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl uh, by, the, by the center aisle. I want to be clear to all friends, guests, and visitors that everyone is welcome to commune with Trinity this morning. This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes from Christ. Come to Christ's banquet. Feast on God's gift of grace. John, this is the body of Christ.
Please rise. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. Most high God, you have come among us at this table. By the Spirit's power, form us to be bearers of your word, sharing gifts of mercy and grace with all, through Christ Jesus our Lord and our guest.
at length we pray. Say a special prayer for the sending of homebound communion. If there are homebound volunteers who would like to come forward to the font, you can. Let us pray. Gracious God, whose mercy endures from generation to generation, as Mary set out to visit Elizabeth before she gave birth to her son, Bless those who go forth to share your word and sacrament with our siblings who are homebound. In your love and care, nourish and strengthen those to whom we bring this communion, that through the body and blood of your Son, we may all know the hope of your promised coming in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is near. Thanks be to God.